Hello, 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 witchy people, and welcome back to the Lunar Pixie podcast all once again. I hope we all had a wonderful February snow moon this weekend just gone. I hope we're taking time to relax, reboot, and release things that are no longer serving us since we are now in the waning moon phase. And I do want to get a little bit into uh, full moon rituals since that is kind of the witchy thing that I did this week. And I'm not going to go too much into detail of my own ritual. I might talk about it a little bit, but I don't want to get into too much detail about that because that's very personal to me. However, I will talk a little bit about full moon rituals in general. And I know it might seem a bit weird to be doing this after the full moon's just gone, but hey-ho, here we are. I'm not organised and I'm not going to pretend to be. So, obviously... I have said before that when we are in the full moon, the goddess is in her mother phase. And this is when she is at her strongest. So at this point in the moon phase, this is where it's really, really good time to do spell work. This is where your spells will also be at their strongest, especially if you are if you are drawing energy from the moon which is which is something that I kind of do naturally my energy kind of goes up and down with the moon phases as I mentioned before during a new moon I don't really have too much energy I'm usually a bit more tired and during a full moon I get a little bit more hyped up I've got a lot more energy about me so anybody that will see me around a full moon you'll probably notice I'm a little bit crazy a little bit so full moon rituals and spell work Obviously, like I said, it's a it's a really good time to do spell work because this is when the goddess is at her strongest. This is when your spells will probably be at their strongest as well. So if you're looking to do some spell work, that's a good kind of time to do it. However, in my in my personal opinion and what I personally do for a full moon, that is when I will do more releasing rituals and banishing spells. So a new moon as I said in a previous episode, is good for manifesting as when you go from a new moon, then you go into a waxing moon. As the moon grows, the energy grows, your manifestations come into fruition. Basically, it's almost the the opposite with a full moon. And like I said, just in my opinion, the actual fu- 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 moon? full moon is a good time for spell works because that's when she's at her strongest. However, because we go straight into the waning moon or, you know, the goddess goes into her crone phase at this point, it's a good time to release things and banish things that are no longer serving you in your life. As the moon decreases, I don't really know how to word it properly, I suppose. Yeah, as the moon decreases, as the moon gets smaller, the energy kind of shrinks down with it. And those things that you're releasing will also shrink down with it. I'm trying to think of better words than just shrink and decrease because they don't sound very magical. But, oh well, here we are. So this is a good time uh, for breaking bad habits, for example. So this would be a good time for, you know, if you're trying to quit smoking or anything like that. Or if, like me, you're trying to, you're trying to save money. And it's not 
And I don't mean that in a way that it's a good time to do spells to bring money to you, but maybe it's a good time to do a ritual to stop yourself from spending so much money. Like I said, it's more about releasing things than bringing things in at this point. So it's also a good time to release negative negative thought patterns and anxieties as well. It's a great time for banishing those negative energies and cleansing your own energy. And a good example of this is, for example, I would usually at this time, it's a good time to cleanse my house. And I don't mean like a spring clean like I would usually do before in bulk, for example. I mean like a like an energy cleansing of my house. And I would usually use um, like a sage cleansing, for example. And it doesn't necessarily need to be sage, but that's kind of my go-to. And this is something that my nan taught me and pretty much everything I tell you is things that my nan has taught me over the years. And a big one for me is a sage cleansing. And what she basically taught me was that you you open all the windows, you, you light your little sage stick, and you go from corner to corner in your house. And the reason you go corner to corner and you go basically around all of the edges of your house or around all of the walls rather than standing in the middle of a room and just waving your stick around that sounds a bit weird but rather than standing in the middle of a room and waving your stick around we would go from corner to corner so wall to wall all around the edges of the house and that's so the smoke goes from the edge of the room and into the middle of the room and it's basically to help you basically to make sure you don't miss anywhere because if you've got negative energy in your house it can it can stick to certain parts of your house. So if I just cleanse my living room, the energy from upstairs is still going to be there. And if I do every single part of a room apart from one corner for example, that negative energy is just going to stick in that corner. So I go from wall to wall, corner to corner, all the way around the whole edge of the house in every single room. So I make sure I don't miss anywhere. I take my cleansing very seriously. I'm going to put that out there now. I take it super seriously. I don't want no bad juju in my house. I don't want no negative energy in my house. So I would do that. And the reason we have the the windows open when we do this is because the smoke from the sage goes out the window and carries away that negative energy with it. And that's just that's just a good way to cleanse your house. And, you know, it's not... It's not one of those quick little, oh, I'm just going to do a quick five minutes cleansing. It's going to take some time if you're trying to do it properly. I like to at least be in each room for a good five, ten minutes and just make sure I've got absolutely every single part of that room. Another thing you can do is a burning ritual. And this one's a little bit more fun. I've just, I'm not like a pyro or anything, but I just, I do kind of like burning things. There's something really satisfying about it. I like fire. Like, I just, I just do. And I, part of that is probably because of my, my nan's house. She always had an open fire. And I used to just love and love and love just sitting and watching the flames. I've always had this thing about the flames. I love them. So burning rituals for me are super fun. But I, I cannot stress this enough. Please be careful. I'm not, I'm not out here trying to tell you to burn your house down or anything. I'm... I'm okay, I'm gonna stop now. I'm gonna I'm gonna just get into the ritual. So basically, 
essentially what you're doing is releasing energy and that's kind of a big theme within this segment is releasing energy and a good thing to do that to to do that what is wrong with my speech today and a good way to do that is to burn it just burn it it's like you know you break up with your ex you burn all this stuff how satisfying is it and it's almost the same with those negative energies and with those things that you want to banish so what I do and you could do this like I do it with my cauldron you could do this with you know a log burner in the garden or something or you know just like a like a fireproof or heat proof pot or something like that it doesn't have to be like a proper big bubbling cauldron um and what you would do is basically just write down what it is you're trying to release on a piece of paper or a piece of parchment or something and I'm gonna say to be careful with how you word it you don't want to word it wrong and release the wrong thing into the universe basically um so for example for me I would just write something like anxiety it can just be one word on there I would write anxiety but if you want to be more specific you could write I want to release my anxieties I want to release my fears or something like that and then you would burn it and the idea behind that is basically when you burn it that energy from that word or that energy that you have put in you need to put that intention into what you're writing you need to put your anxieties into that paper and then when you burn it it releases them and that's basically the general gist of that and you can do that with with most things that you want to release so like i said if you're you know you're you're a bit of a shopaholic you want to save money um I'm trying to think what you could write for that. So you could write something like, I want to release my addiction to spending. I don't know. Something like that. It's it's up to you. It's up to you, realistically. I tend to I tend to give anxiety as an example because it's kind of the easiest one to to talk about as an example for me. And that's kind of one that I that I have done myself quite a few times, just releasing releasing those fears releasing those things that make me feel down releasing those things that make me feel scared or worried or just you know affect my energy in any way um anyway so a new i really can't talk today what's going on with me um yeah so another thing you do is a a full moon reading Um, i do two of these so i will do one before my ritual and i will do one sort of during my ritual as well. The one that I do before my ritual is the one that tells me what it is that I need to release. Because sometimes you're not 100% sure what it is that you're trying to let go of, or you're not sure how how to word it. Because for someone that's doing a podcast, I'm not great with with how to word certain things. You've probably gathered, I, I just ramble on a little bit. I'm a bit of a bumbler. So I will do I will do a reading before my ritual to kind of tell me what it is that I need to release. Give me an idea of what it is I need to be specifically letting go of rather than just because I like to do things quite specifically rather than just generalized because I feel like it works better for me that way. So I will do that reading to be like, what is it that I need to release? Ah, you need to do this. You need to do that. The cards will tell me. And then I will do my second reading, which is during my ritual which is basically um, what to 
expects from this full moon. It essentially tells me if if the ritual is going to work in a way, like weirdly, I don't know. So it ba- it's basically being like what to expect from this full moon, you know, um, am I going to feel more calm after doing this ritual? Am I going to come across any issues? What guidance can I get for the next few weeks leading up to the next full moon? And that's basically that's basically what I do for my rituals and just a few ideas for what you could possibly do for your rituals and what what this time of the month is good for and how to how to best use the full moon to your advantage and how to best use the the waning moon for your advantage as well because with these releasing rituals it doesn't have to be necessarily on the full moon anywhere between the full moon and the new moon so when the moon is waning that's kind of a good time to do it ideally as close to the full moon as possible but anytime during the waning phase that's a good time to do it so now that I've finished rambling on about that and just kind of bumbling through that intro I'm going to move on to the next segment which is myths and misconceptions in witchcraft Okay, so now that I'm done kind of babbling through that intro a little bit, I'm going to get into the main segment, which, like I said, myths and misconceptions in witchcraft. And the main reason I wanted to talk on this today is because I've been I've been practicing for a while. I've only really been open about my practice over the last probably six months or so that's kind of when I came out of the the broom closet as we call it and during that time I found that when I have discussed my craft with people and discussed my beliefs with people I've come across a lot of opinions and common very weirdly common misconceptions about the craft as a whole And I wanted to talk a little bit about that today because I want to kind of correct it almost and just be like, okay, look, this this is what you think. And I'm here to tell you it just isn't true. So I'm just I'm just going to jump straight into it. And these I have like a list of these things like this is this is how common it is when I have these conversations with people. And these are all things that have come up in conversations with people when I've been trying to explain my craft to them. So. The first thing that I want to discuss, and this is this is kind of a big one, and this is one that I get the most often, and that is witches are fake. And I've I've heard this a few times from a few people, you know, as soon as you you tell someone, oh, you know, I practice witchcraft, I'm a witch, I'm a Wiccan, whatever, they they immediately go to, oh, you know that stuff's not real, right? <laughs> First of all, shut up. Second of all, witches are everywhere. And it may not be in the form that you think, because as soon as you use that word witch, people automatically jump to, you know, the the Hollywood type of witch, you know, the type that you see in the movies or something where they're, they're blasting fire out of their hands and things like that. It's not like that at all. And it doesn't necessarily mean because I can't shoot lightning out on my fingertips 
that I'm not a witch. Witches don't work with the kind of magic that you see in movies. We work with natural magic. And to some people who don't understand that, of course that's going to sound weird. Natural magic, but magic isn't natural. That's the thing, though. Magic is natural. It's in the energy all around us. And everything has energy. Everything gives off some kind of energy. And this is something that I learned in school in, you know, science lessons, you know, when we were doing like physics, biology and chemistry or whatever, everything gives off energy. And whether that energy comes off as like, you know, you put your hand something by it and it feels warm, even when you're not physically touching it, you can feel the heat coming off it. That's energy. Everything around us is vibrating with this energy and that's what we work with we work with those energies the energies of the elements around us you know fire air earth water and spirit is its own energy in my opinion anyway i count spirit as an element not all witches do but i do and that's its own element and we work with those elements we work with those energies so to say that witches are fake no i just of course, as a witch, I can't agree with that. And for anyone who isn't a witch, just know we are everywhere. We are we are just everywhere. The next one kind of kind of relates a little bit to what I've just said. The next one is that witches can wave their hands and get whatever they want. And this is more it's basically the same as, you know, witches are fake. This is still leaning towards that whole what you see in movies, you know, sure she or he will wave their hands in the air and make something appear that's that's not how it works like i said we work with the energies around us we manifest things using you know the power of the universe more than anything and the power of our own energy we we draw the energy from the things around us to work our magic and it's not it's not a case of we can just touch something and turn it into something else or anything like that. That's just a very Hollywood way of thinking. That's just things that you see in movies simply aren't true. And another one that I've had, and this one, this one's a bit weird. You have to train for a long time to be a witch. Not true. I'm just going to say that straight out of the gate. It's not true. So I can I can understand that opinion from a certain perspective so if you want to be a particularly skilled witch or you know there are certain spells or rituals that you should avoid if you are if if you are quite new to the craft if you haven't built up that skill yet if you don't know the forces that you are working with then you should avoid them until you are a bit more trained, a bit more practiced. But you don't have to be training for a long time to call yourself a witch. You know, the moment you start working with magic, you are a witch, in my opinion. It's as simple as that. And obviously, some people, it's it's a phase, you know, they'll they'll kind of go through a phase for a few weeks where they're like, oh, you know, I'm manifesting, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, you know, whatever, if it's just a phase, it's just a phase. And if you do want to become like a very skilled witch, then of course you need to practice for a while. But, you know, you can you can do your first spell can be 
successful. It's not to say that all of your spells for the first like few months or weeks or years of your craft are going to fail because you haven't been trained. That's not true. The first spell that you ever cast, the first ritual that you ever perform, can it can be a success. And that's not to say it's always going to be a success, but it can be. So I don't think that you need to train for years and years and years and years to be a witch. I don't agree with that at all. And another thing is that witchcraft is expensive. Now, this is another weird one because it it depends. It really depends. Um it certain tools can be expensive, but they don't have to be as long as you know where to look. So you don't need to go out and buy all these really expensive ones and cauldrons and herbs and things like that. You don't have to. You can just use the herbs that you would find in your own in your own garden. Your cauldron doesn't have to be like a real one that you would see once again in the movies. It's always fucking movies. But it doesn't have to be like that. My first cauldron when I first started my craft was a coffee mug and it was it was it was the best that I had it was just a coffee mug and it was just one that I bought for like five pounds <laughs> just just a cheap just a cheap little mug that I found and thought that'll work it was you know it's heat proof it's fireproof I can still I can burn my herbs in it I can you know make my make my little potions and things in it that's what a cauldron is and it's the same with, you know, your wands. You don't need to go out and buy this super expensive wand. Just make one. Use a stick. Use a stick from the garden. You you can use things that you have found or you can make them yourself. You don't need to go out and spend all of this money on on all of these tools. You just don't need to. And it's the same with, like, candles and things like that. You can, you can just go somewhere cheap and buy candles like here here in England we have Poundland we love Poundland Poundland have loads of candles and they are you know as the shop name states they're a pound and that you know but you don't even you don't even need to necessarily use these things you can do magic without any without any tools really if you just you know if your intention is there and you're working with the energy that is still magic you don't need to go and spend any money really you don't have to spend a single penny if you don't want to and it's the same with like the herbs and things like that like i said you can go and like pick some grass from your garden technically still a herb use some fallen leaves or something it will still work for whatever it is that you're trying to do try and make sure it obviously coincides with your spell or with your ritual but you don't need to go and spend so much money on these things most of the herbs that we would typically use are ones that most people have in their house anyway just just for normal cooking purposes sage for example so many households already have sage just in the cupboard because they use it for their cooking rosemary thyme basil cinnamon all of these things 90 percent of the time you, you're probably going to have them in your house anyway. So you don't need to go out and spend loads of money. So if anybody ever tells you witchcraft is expensive, 
they're they're doing they're doing themselves dirty, man. You ain't you ain't gotta go and spend all that money. Um, another one that I've heard, which I've kind of offensive, this one is, is that non-women can't be witches. Not all witches are women. And another another thing that kind of adds onto this is that not all male witches are called wizards. And this kind of I feel like a little bit of this stems from like Harry Potter, for example. You've got your witches and your wizards in Harry Potter. Okay, some male witches or non-female witches witches will probably do prefer to call themselves by another name. But whether you're male, female, transgender, non-binary, whatever it is that you are, however it is that you self-identify, you are still a witch. Whether you choose to call yourself by a different name, it doesn't necessarily mean that if you are not a woman, you have to call yourself by a different name. That's simply not true. We are all witches. I have spoken to plenty of male witches, you know, throughout my craft where, you know, I've been being online and, you know, on Reddit and Instagram, you know, my faves, where I've started up these conversations and started talking to people and they're male witches and you know or non-binary witches or not all of not all of us are women and it's quite I don't know I just find it a little bit offensive to be like oh you're not a woman you can't be a witch it's just not true the other one is that you have to be born with powers and this links to another one that's further down that is that you have to come from a direct bloodline of witches you have to be a hereditary witch or you don't count kind of thing that that's another one that I find quite offensive because the fact is anyone can practice witchcraft you you don't have to be a direct descendant of other witches because it it works both ways it's like just because your your mum or your nan is or was a witch that doesn't mean that you have to be and it also works in the same way as just because your parents or your grandparents or your ancestors weren't witches, it doesn't mean you can't be. You don't need to be born with these powers. You can train yourself from scratch. And you don't have to have ancestors or family to train you. You can train yourself or you can, you know, you can find friends who practice a craft and they can train you. But you don't need to you don't need to come from that kind of background. It's as simple as that. It's the same as with with anything really, and with like most most religions, for example. So, you know, like Christianity, you don't have to come from a Christian family to be a Christian. You don't have to come from a Catholic family to be baptized or anything like that. You can you can make that choice for yourself. You can convert yourself. And, you know, that is your choice. You don't need to come from any kind of background, any kind of bloodline. You don't need to be born with powers. It's just not true. If you want to be a witch, you fucking do it. Live your dreams, live your best life. Do you, boo-boo. Another one is you can't hex people. Okay. So, with this one, you can hex people. You can it's it's not a case of you can't for me personally i i don't 
because I don't believe in that. I believe in the three threefold law, which is basically whatever you put into the universe comes back on you three times. So for me personally, and not everybody believes this, and I'm not I'm not necessarily against hexing. You know, if I find out that, you know, one of my one of my witchy friends has put a hex on someone or something, I'm not gonna necessarily agree with it, but I'm not gonna tell them that they can't or that they shouldn't. I'm just gonna be like, oh, okay, fair enough. That's what you felt like you needed to do. So you did it, and that's absolutely fine. Do what you've got to do. But it's not a case of you can't hex people. There's not necessarily a rule against it within witchcraft as a whole. Maybe in certain religious aspects of witchcraft, they would say you can't hex people. But it's not a case of you physically cannot. You absolutely can. It's just a case of whether you should or shouldn't. It's all based on your own your own morals, your own methics, ethics. And for me personally, like I said, I I don't really do that kind of thing. And if I feel like, um, I don't know, if I feel like somebody is doing something that I don't like, if I feel like somebody do, is doing something where they, they kind of deserve to be hexed, because I'm not going to lie, some people, some people deserve it. Some people really do. I, I have known a few people in my time who I would love to have hexed. I would love to have done it. But for me, I don't want that energy coming back on me. I, I'm a big believer in whatever energy I'm putting out there, it's going to come back to me. And if I'm putting negative energy out into the world, that negative energy is going to come back to me. And I don't want that. So you can hex people. In my opinion, like I said, you shouldn't necessarily like avoid it if you can but it's not a case of you can't you absolutely can and people have and I personally have seen the effects of what can happen to people who have been hexed or people who have been cursed and it's it's not great man it ain't pretty it ain't pretty in in the slightest but there it is you can hex people and I'm not telling you to go out and do it by any means but all I'm saying is you can and if anybody tells you you can't and you want to, Sodom, Sodom, whatever. Um, and this this leads me on to the next one, which is that uh, witches are Satanists. No, we're not. Not all of us anyway. I'm not going to speak for all witches everywhere. I'm not going to speak for, you know, every single witch on the planet. Maybe some of them are Satanists. Maybe they are, but not all of us. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to put it out there. Not all of us are Satanists. Not all of us even believe in Satan. <laughs> like you get, obviously you get your, your Christian witches who believe in Satan. Um, But, you know, you can also get quite agnostic or atheist witches even who don't believe in any kind of deities really, which I know sounds odd considering, you know, it's a very... It's quite quite a spiritual thing to do, but there are atheist witches out there who don't believe in any kind of God or, or Satan, and they just believe in the energies around us. And, you know, they work with herbs and things like that, but they don't necessarily have to believe in the God or the goddess or any kind of devil. And obviously this kind of witches are Satanists thing, that obviously comes from a very... A very dark time in the past where 
you know, if you if you were a woman reading a book, you were practicing witchcraft and things like that. Okay, came from that kind. You know what I'm talking about. You know all the witch hunts and things like that. That's kind of where that comes from, and that was the the sort of the sort of way that you know the higher the higher powers or whatever you want to call them were trying to scare people away from witchcraft. This was when religion was obviously a much much bigger thing back back in those days it was and that was their way of kind of scaring people away from witchcraft scaring people away from witches and pagans so by telling people that witches are satanists that kind of like aided in the witch hunt because it's like oh my god you worship the devil you hate god blah, 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 blah. and that's kind of where that came from but i'm here to tell you now it ain't true i'm not a satanist i'm not a satanist by any means and it's also kind of why a lot of people because I've this is this this relates and this is another one I've heard when people have seen me wearing like a pentacle necklace or something like that and they're like oh my god that's that's a satan symbol do you worship satan no I do not worship satan and this is not a satan symbol it is a symbol of the elements thank you very much and i i kind of like to, to get a bit smug and and educate people when i can on these kind of things especially when they say silly things like that and it's one of those where not everybody is like super educated on the subject and that's fine so i will take the opportunity to be like oh no actually this is what the pentacle represents and i don't know it's one of those things that i get really really irritated by and I really try not to get too irritated by it because I know I know that not everybody is as educated as those of us who know that witches aren't satanists but it it's just irritating man it's just a very closed-minded thing to think or to say and it just bothers me so yeah we're not satanists we're not so yeah you can probably you can probably tell a little bit how much that one kind of hits a nerve for me. It just, it really does bother me. And it's probably, you know, it pro- it probably does stem from, you know, the ridicule I got in school. Because I was, I was the little, the little emo kid and he used to get accused of being a Satanist all the time. So obviously, practicing witchcraft now, it just, it kind of brings that all back. And I'm just kind of like, oh, just shut up. And it... It especially bothers me because obviously this whole thing revolving around Satan and Satanism kind of gives off that witchcraft is evil and it's bad and we we all sell our souls to the devil and things like that and it's just not true. And, you know, witchcraft is actually, and especially like the, the spiritual side of witchcraft it's 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 so wholesome <laughs> for the most part anyway don't don't get me wrong not everyone is super wholesome and super peace and love and things like that i i'm not going to pretend that i'm one of those overly happy wholesome people and i love those people i really do i love their energy i love it but for me, I'm more of a realist and I'm not going to pretend like I'm super happy all the time and I'm super peace and love all the time because some people are just, they're just dickheads and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I don't, I don't get mad or I don't get upset over these things because I do. And, but yeah, like I said, the most witches that you find will, they are 
lovely people. They are lovely people who would never hurt anyone. And this idea of people thinking that witchcraft is evil and it's Satan worshipping and things like that, it just, it bothers me. It just bothers me. But I'm going to move on now. Uh, The next one is witches must have a coven. No, that's not true. That is not true. I'm trying to trying to think of how to say this. So a lot of or some witches will join a coven and there are lots and lots and lots of covens out there. And some witches do prefer to practice with a group of people or with another person. They like to kind of bond their energies together, have the energy of all those people together, and it helps to make the spells and rituals stronger. Some of us prefer to work alone. I am not a part of a coven. I have no interest in being a part of a coven. I I work best alone. And that's not to say that I don't have witchy friends that I talk to about my craft and my rituals and my spiritual and religious beliefs. But I, I just don't... I like to do my rituals alone because I like, I, it helps with my concentration. It helps my focus. And like I said in the intro it's a very it's a very personal thing to me like what happens in in that ritual is between me and the goddess nobody else needs to be a part of that so to say that all witches must must be in a coven you don't have to you don't have to don't don't you know become a witch or start practicing witchcraft and start pressuring yourself into finding a coven there is you don't need to you can you know, if you want to, that's absolutely fine. And, you know, if you think that will help you to um, to build up your power, to build up your magic, you know, if you want to join a coven so that they can train you um, and teach you, if you want to learn from your coven, that's absolutely fine. But like I said, you don't have to. I have learned so much with solitary practice I will you know I will sit and I will read my books I will you know I'll do online research and things like that and that's a lot of how I learn and I have learned a lot from other people you know my my tarot and my oracle readings I learn about that from my mum and from my sister because they've been reading for a lot longer than I have and that's that's how I got into it and I have done some research myself and you know I get like the guidebooks that come with some oracle decks and things like that and I'll read through them but I have learned from other people but that's not that doesn't mean that we are in a coven because I don't I don't I don't want to join a coven I'm I'm perfectly happy practicing by myself I just like to have these discussions with other people so if anybody ever tells you that you must be a part of a coven that's simply not true. Simply not true. And that also relates to um, another one, which is that you must be initiated by a priest. No, you don't. <laughs> you do. You just don't. You don't even need to be initiated into witchcraft. You just practice. That's all it is. You just practice. You know, as soon as you start practicing, that's it. You're a part of it. You are practicing witchcraft and you don't need to go through an initiation process in order to be allowed to practice. You can just do it. That's the beauty of it. 
And another one that I had, like, I was talking to someone before. And this is someone that I had spoken to on Reddit when I was, I was looking for witchy, witchy friends. Because I don't really have too many where I am. I don't really know too many people around where I live who practice witchcraft. Because not everybody's so open about it that you can just go and knock on someone's door and be like, hey, are you, are you a witch? Do you want to be friends? That's not, that's not really how it works. But um, when I was on Reddit, somebody approached me on Reddit and was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a part of this coven, you should join this coven and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'm not really looking to join a coven right now. But like, what, what would the, what would the process be to you? Because most of the time, especially in this day and age, they've got like a Facebook page or something or like a group that you can join. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at the page. I'll take a look at the the Facebook group and, you know, see if, see if it's something that I could be into, you know, I was, at this point, I was open to joining a coven, and this person said to, they basically explained their initiation process into their coven, and they seemed to believe that you couldn't be initiated without, um, like, a naked ritual, and, as it turns out, as I have discovered <laughs> over the past few months, and to me, it's I can I can kind of understand, but it's just it's a bit odd. There are people out there who basically believe that you cannot perform magic or you cannot be initiated into witchcraft or a coven unless you are naked. Now, to get into the two sides of this very weird coin. So some witches do prefer to practice skyclad or, you know, naked. And to them, it's because it obviously they are in their most natural state. And a lot of witchcraft is all about nature. And it revolves a lot around nature, natural energies, all of that. And so they prefer to practice naked. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Like I said, you do you. Whatever you think helps you in your practice and in your craft, whatever brings you closer to your craft, absolutely, you do that. I'm I'm not going to say that you can't be naked to do these things. You absolutely can. That's no problem. But if you come across a coven that tells you that you have to be naked, you must be naked, bro that's weird, that's weird, and I'm just, I'm just gonna tell you now, I, I personally don't trust that, as soon as this person that I was speaking to told me about that, I was kind of like, I don't know, that seems a bit sus to me, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, and, uh, and I did ask, I did say, like, is there an option to, to not be naked, what if people aren't, what if people aren't comfortable with that, and basically, you're you're not allowed to join that specific coven unless you are willing to get naked in front of them. And I was just kind of like, uh, okay, 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 that's, no, that's weird. I'm not, I don't agree with that. Um, so yeah, you don't, you don't need to be naked to do rituals. You don't need to be naked for spells or, you know, initiation into a coven or anything. And 
if anybody tries to tell you that you do I personally I just advise that you run because that just seems odd to me I just wouldn't trust that um another one um is that wicca and witchcraft are the same thing and you will come across people who use those words interchangeably and I personally don't and even the people who do use those words interchangeably 90% of the time they're doing it almost without realizing but most of them will acknowledge that they know they're not the same thing it's just something that they kind of do naturally and especially for Wiccans it almost is the same thing for Wiccans because witchcraft is obviously a big part of Wicca however Wicca is a religion and witchcraft is a part of that religion so not all witches are Wiccans but all Wiccans are witches that's that's how I was that's how I was kind of taught that when I first um started getting into all of that I was I was taught that not all Wiccans no not all witches are Wiccans but all Wiccans are all Wiccans are witches yeah and yeah some people will use those words interchangeably you know some people will kind of almost by accident kind of thing and and 90% of those people are Wiccans who do that and that is because obviously it is just a big part of their religion it's a big part of their craft and to them it almost is the same thing however just because you're a witch it doesn't mean that you are a Wiccan you could be a Christian witch um you know you've got your your Christian witches your Wiccans your your general pagans you know and then you like I said you have your atheist witches too which is very I will get into that in another episode that's like a whole a whole rabbit hole that I could go down about atheist witches but they are out there so yeah wicker and witchcraft not not the same thing two different things and another one that I came across recently that I found I I got told off and it was super weird I got told off by another witch and I was like huh um is that witchcraft has to be kept a secret and obviously I do a whole podcast about witchcraft I have a whole Instagram account dedicated to witchcraft and my personal craft and I got told off for that because apparently apparently it has to be kept a secret you're not allowed to talk about witchcraft with people who aren't witches and I was like okay I don't I don't agree with that I simply don't agree with that I'm not going to keep it a secret you know you if you want to keep it a secret if you don't want to talk about your craft with other people, if you want to keep that private, keep that side of, keep that part of your life to yourself, that's absolutely fine. Not everyone is out of the broom closet. Not everyone wants to come out of the broom closet, but I don't agree with telling other people off. I'm a grown ass woman and you're, you're telling me off like I'm a five-year-old because I'm open about my craft and that just seems ridiculous to me and I did say to this person I was like well you know why why don't you tell people about your craft I was like is it you know before I got told off they they were basic I mentioned something about my my niece 
um, talking about, you know, her magic auntie and things like that. Super cute. And this person turned around to me and they were like, oh, so you you tell your family about your craft. And I said, well, yeah, I'm very I'm very open about my craft. I have I have a podcast. I have an Instagram account. You know, the people I work with know about my craft, my family and my friends know about my craft. It's not it's not really a big secret for me. It's something I've I've been quite open about for a little while now. And I said to this person, I was like, do you, you know, do you not really tell your family about it? Because I can understand that, you know, some people can't really tell their families about it. And some people can't be open about it or they choose not to be open about it for for whatever reason. And I completely understand that. So I just said, oh, do you do you not really talk about your craft of anyone else? And this person said, um, no because they they come from a very um very religious family very christian family and their family would not agree with what they do um in the form of what i said before like which is a satanist and if they told their family their family would think that they were a satanist and all of that and i you know i said oh that's that's absolutely fair enough i can completely understand that and that's when that's when the telling off began because then this person was like oh even even if they weren't religious, I I wouldn't tell them anyway. And I said, oh, you know, okay, fair enough. But just, just out of curiosity, like, why why is that? And then I got like a whole, a whole paragraph all about how witchcraft is, is a very sacred thing and a very private thing. And it's within, apparently it's within the laws of witchcraft to to never talk about your craft with anyone and all of this and that and I was like oh, uh, okay um and I just kind of ended the conversation there I was like I could I could argue but I'm kind of going through a phase in my life right now where I'm just trying to av- just avoid all of that I'm really trying to to concentrate more on myself than other people's drama because over the past few weeks over the past couple of months I felt like I've just been surrounded by other people's drama and I'm just trying to keep away from that I'm just trying to to keep away from that so I was like I'm, you know what I'm not even going to respond I'm just going to leave the conversation there but it did it did bother me that I was being told off for being open about my craft and to me like I know I know that there's people out there that are going to disagree with me but I don't care to me I feel like you you should be open about your craft to to whatever degree that you are comfortable with. And I think it's it's the same with anything. I think you should never be ashamed to be your most authentic self. And I'm not going to hide who I am because it, it is a big, big part of who I am. And I'm not going to hide that. I'm going to be open about that. And it's not like I'm going running around the streets or you know just going up to random people or somebody comes up to me at like a family gathering or something and says oh hi how are you and I'm just like I'm a witch I'm not gonna do that but if somebody were to to ask me outright I'd say yes or you know if if it came up organically in a conversation I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from that conversation I wouldn't I wouldn't hide that from anyone I'm not I'm just not about that personally. And like I said, it's 
it's all down to you and your personal beliefs and what you're comfortable with. If you're in a situation with your family or your just general surroundings where you feel like you can't say anything, you know, if it's going to affect your your safety in any way, for example, because, uh, you know, despite the fact that we're in 2023, there there are still almost like witch hunters out there, weirdly. Um, and these people that will, that will try and convert you and things like that and whatever. And if it's, if it's going to affect your safety or affect your peace in any way, you don't need to come out. You don't need to, to tell anybody, but never feel like it's, it's a law to keep it a secret. Because to me personally, that it, it just, it just seemed ridiculous for them to even say that. But yeah, witches are fake. Witches can wave their hands and get whatever they want. You have to train for a long time to be a witch. Witchcraft is expensive. Non-women can't be witches. You have to be born with powers. You can't hex people. Witches are Satanists. Witches must have a coven. You need fancy tools. Wicca and witchcraft are the same. You must be initiated by a priest. You must come from a direct bloodline of witches. Naked rituals are mandatory and witchcraft must be kept a secret. Those are all myths and misconceptions in witchcraft. Those are all things that aren't true. And it's just it's just something that's like I said, it's just something that's been bothering me for for a little while. It's just something that's been really, really getting to me for a little while, because whenever I do talk to to someone new about these things. These are usually the things that will come up in that conversation. And I'm having to explain to people why these things are incorrect, why these things aren't true. And so I thought I would explain them to you guys too. And with that, I I'm I'm done with my little my little rant segment now. And I'm gonna move on to the card pull of the episode and I recently got a new Oracle deck, which is the Prism Oracle. And that's the one that I'm going to be using today. So let's do it. Okay, so Prism Oracle. And this one is by, and I'm I'm so sorry if I butcher the name here. This one is by Nicole Pivirotto. Pivirotto? Yeah, I think. I hope. Um... And I do just want to say that this deck is absolutely gorgeous. It's it's obviously a prism oracle. So the whole thing with this deck is that it's all about the energies of colours. And it's all about the emotions of colours. So you've got so many different cards and they all correspond to all the different colours of the rainbow. And they range from red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, all of that. Um, you get black ones and pink ones and grey ones as well. And they all coincide, coincide with the emotions of those colours. And they're just so pretty. And all the, all the sides of the cards are all shiny and golden as well. And all the back of the cards is just a big rainbow. And it just makes me happy. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pull from this deck today. And I, I, oh, I also like this deck because it's it's very easy to shuffle the cards are like really smooth and because of that for once you can't hear me shuffling 
which I'm sure you usually can in these recordings. I don't usually listen back to my recordings before I upload them. I don't actually know what any of my podcast episodes sound like. So, you know, if it's, you know, bad recording quality or whatever, I am so super sorry about that. My be, my be. So, yeah, let's shuffle. Let's have a look. What have we got? What have we got? Oh, okay. So we have pulled out a pink card and this card is disruption. Let's have a look what the guidebook says about disruption. Probably hear me scrolling through the pages. Okay, so. Like this shocking pink colour, this card demands attention. I was wondering why disruption was pink. Um, This card demands attention. It represents intensity, innovation and non-conformity. It's a catalyst for releasing fear in order to make bold and courageous moves. What is stagnant in your life that needs to change? How can you shake things up a bit? How can you continuously innovate your life in unexpected and productive ways? And I like that. I like that card. I feel like that's that's a good card for this episode because I am all about disrupting the peace of others by correcting their, their just downright wrong opinions of witchcraft. So go out there. Make some bold-ass movements, people. Disrupt the peace wherever you can. Show people who you are. Show people what you're all about. Be your most authentic self and just do what you want to do. That's what it's all about. Just do what you want to do with no shame, no anxieties. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, release those bad habits, release those anxieties, release those negative energies and just do you. And with that, I'm going to end the episode now. I do hope that some of you will take on board everything I've said about these myths and misconceptions. Um, I do hope that I've managed to to educate a few of you on a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, with that, I will see you all next week. Bye.